Welcome to the AI Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Today on the podcast, we have the pleasure of being joined by Darren Odom, who is an engineer, serial entrepreneur, and thought leader in the computer vision space. He's the senior director of platform business for Network Optics, where he's responsible for bringing SaaS companies into the world of computer and you know computer vision with NX platforms. Darren's the founder of a recently acquired AI-focused, award-winning edge computing camera company, and his career includes decades of experience in IoT and edge computing. And really, it kind of has a focus on bringing AI-powered vision to market. Super excited to have you. Welcome to the show today, Darren. Hey, thanks a lot, Jaden. I appreciate it. And uh, whatever your makeup department did, they just did such a nice job for me today. I appreciate it. Oh, um, no I'm Looking problem. good. <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, I've I've watched your uh, your and listened to your podcast. Um, and uh, I mean the sheer volume that you you put out is incredible. And I just say, got yeah, props to you, man. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was doing it solo for a while. I now have a good team that helps with editing and scheduling and posting. So that has made my life about a hundred times better. Um, yeah, man, it's there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in AI. There's sometimes I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna record a couple podcasts today, and then there's just too much that happens, and I end up like, you know, cranking out seven. But I, I try to, you know, for my own sanity's sake, uh, try not to to go too crazy. But yeah, um, so much happening. Excited to get your perspectives on all this. Kicking this off, Darren, what I would love to ask you about um, is this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Really, like, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? What brought you into this space to begin with? Was this something you always knew you were kind of interested in this kind of tech side? And tell us how, you know, how you got here today. I've, I, from a, a young age, I've, I've always been an engineer. I was building stuff in my backyard, um, you know, f- with broken toys and, and whatnot. Um, I was a born engineer. I went to, to school for engineering, um, and took some computer vision classes there. Really liked uh, what I was seeing there. Didn't quite grasp it because it was a you know, super high level course. Um, but really liked the the field of, uh, and I, I knew I wanted to go there. Um, as my first job out of college was um, IoT, so we were building uh, boards for. Uh, and, and I'm a hardware guy. I was we were building boards for um, for satellite communication and um, and really cut my teeth on what IOT means, especially in low bandwidth situations. Yeah. Um, then I moved to, uh, uh, to research and development, um, d- did some th- medical devices, uh, really strange going from IOT to medical devices, but, uh, brought, I managed to bring, um, computer vision into that as well, where we could, um, where we could take and look, and we were doing things like bowel anastomosis, which is taking two pieces of, of intestine and sealing them with electricity and developing the algorithm for that, which was, it's a lot of animal testing. I was like, Oh God, I hate this. I hate, you know, working on animals, but bringing edge computing and, and, uh, computer vision into that was fun. 
And then uh, I started a consulting company um, and I had this great mentor who um, I was like, I can't scale past myself in a consulting company. So I've got to start hiring people. And this guy, um, he's like, well, you got to start sales. And that's really what, what led me to, to business development and, um, and transforming myself from an engineer to a, to a business developer. And, uh, I cold called 600 people a week, uh, oh my God. just going through harsh rejection and, and, uh, you know, calling the consulting thing you're doing. Yeah. So built the business up. Um, but ultimately I got tired of working on, on, uh, other people's products and I wanted to build my own product. Um, but, uh, in that space, I was doing, uh, gov- you know, multi-million dollar government contracts for, um, for computer vision, we, I mean, I think, uh, we could talk about it in a bit here, but that really opened up my eyes to edge computing and what computer vision would be for my next company, which is Boulder AI. And we, we built an edge computing camera and so on and so forth, but it's been a journey. Okay. That fascinating journey. And I think it's really cool to hear a little bit like of people's background, cause it helps me get context of like where you're, where you're going and what you built next. But Tell everyone a little bit about, so you start this consulting company, you're building this up, you're working on other people's projects, and you said you got tired of it. What, you know, what really inspired you to take the next step and go out and actually build your own, you know, product company and, and uh, computer vision business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was working on a, on a fish camera. So was, this is the fishing game um, in California, and they were um, looking for Delta smelt, which is this... In- yeah, almost extinct fish. Um, and they were the way that they were sampling it was uh, with a cod end. So basically, all the fish go into the back of the of the net and they they die. So you have to bring them up on deck, count them one by one. So the the charter was we we have to build a camera that the fish can swim through, and we classify them in real time as as they swim through the net. So we're not killing them, right? And kind of count the endangered species. So stupid and so ironic but that's the way that that's the way that they've always done it uh so we built this camera we iterated a few times and we we sampled hundreds of thousands of these fish and at the time we were using a support vector machine which is uh it's you're trying to feature engineer you're trying to figure out what features matter that differentiate the species let me tell you i'm not a biologist and it was really, really difficult to do that. We ended up being about 25% accurate. Okay. And that's this is right around the time AlexNet came out. So uh, we applied a neural network to the sample of data that we'd already collected. And it went from 25 to like 94% accurate in two weeks. Holy. And you said it. That is my mind-blowing, like, oh, this is going to change the world. Um, and so... Uh, we took that design, uh, patented a GPU inside of a hermetically sealed camera and took that to market. That's incredible. So I, you, you say that very like casually, like we had an aha moment, so we patented it and we took it to market, but like, <laughs> tell us a little bit, like, what did that look like? So you're, you're working for the, the fishing game industry. Were you like, oh my gosh, I need to start a company. Do you start calling friends? Did you go get investors? Did you, you know, like how did you build it out? Like, tell us a little bit more of the the process of what that looked like to actually get that started off the ground. 
I actually tried really hard to find uh, a co-founder and and go and take you know start this company you know with someone because ultimately companies are more successful when they have a couple of co-founders. Um, yeah, yeah. But I never ended up really finding that person. Uh, we went through a, a couple of different co-founders, a couple of different CEOs, and um, and so the process was really like you know, talking with my wife, like, Hey, I think I have something here. I think that, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start slowly bootstrapping this from the basement. And, um, it, uh, it was apparent that we were on to something because of the, of the, the, the market's reaction to it. Um, we ended up growing the first couple of years we were growing at 11% a month. Um, and, you know, you, at that point, you're kind of building the train while you're driving it and yeah. building the car while you're driving it kind of thing. And um, so we were building all the infrastructure, all the software to support it. Um, you know, customers would get a hold of the, of the device. You know, this is kind of size of a beer can device. Um, and they're like, now how do we use it? And software is this great enabler. Um, I'm a hardware guy, but I've, I'm a strong believer that, that software is the key to, to making hardware really, really, uh, useful. And so we built all the infrastructure, meaning how do you get neural networks out to the edge? Um, a lot of that hadn't been thought through yet. Um, and this was like five years ago. Uh, and then how do you get the data back to a cloud platform? How do you view the video? If, if you need to, how do you collect a bunch of data so that you can, you know, improve your models? So we built all of that from scratch and, um, and, you know, in, in including all of the hardware. So we built, uh, you know, hundreds of, of devices, um, and then going into the thousands of devices in, at our Boulder, um, Colorado facility. That's so. fascinating. That's incredible. Um, and so one thing I'd be curious to get your perspective on having worked on all of that and having kind of grown that is, you know, like how do you see the role of this kind of computer vision area evolving, especially like in the IOT space going into the future? Yeah. So computer vision in IOT means that, so we're talking about edge computing and cameras are this perfect instrument to, um, to have an Uber sensor. You've got this sensor that can really do anything and you, you add you know, lots of different other things like microphones or, um, or, uh, you know, other spectrums of, of sensory. And all of a sudden, um, it's not about the human consuming that pixel anymore. Um, it's not about people seeing video. It's about how well you can, you can do the sensory. So, um, IOT in terms of, of, of computer vision is, is about camera sensory and, um, I mean, one really validating thing is that when you walk the shows, GSX, um, you know, uh, ISC West, the, the big camera shows, they're all moving towards the edge. They're all moving. Um, and there's lots of different processors that they're putting inside those cameras. But these are IoT devices now, straight camera to cloud, that are Uber sensors. They're, they're sensors that, that um, video is becoming the second class citizen and the data that results from that neural network running inside the camera is the first class citizen. 
that's incredible. I think uh, so many things are going to shift as this gets more proliferated into all products we're you know we're building and using. Um, so you're you you know you start you bootstrap this company, you start growing it. Walk us a little bit through the journey of this company and then kind of what came next. Yeah, so uh, it because of the growth rate, uh, we got a lot of attention from uh, industry, I guess, uh, industry veterans that have gone through this this growth cycle. And uh, and with those industry veterans, we got uh, interest from a, a number of different suitors. And uh, we sold the company ultimately during COVID, uh, which we had, you have, really have to watch the supply chain when you're working on on hardware. Um, so we, we so I had yeah. actually during the M and A um, announcement to the company, I had COVID and I, I just couldn't, oh <laughs> couldn't even think. Um, but, uh, yeah, took a year off. Um, and my, my wife was like, well, what are we going to do next? Um, and contacted, uh, Nathan Wheeler, CEO of, uh, network optics. We had been, uh, buddies for, a while we met at, G at GSX at, um, sorry, uh, NVIDIA, um, NVIDIA's show. And that was right when GPUs were becoming like this, oh, the, you know, we should probably buy some NVIDIA stock. Um, turns out he did and I didn't. And, uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, uh, it, yeah. So Nathan, uh, made me, uh, director of, um, platform. So basically taking this VMS, this really, award-winning VMS video management system and, um, pivoting it into other software as a service, uh, offerings outside of the security industry. So this is my role. Very cool. So, um, today you are now, you know, kind of working in this space. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what it is exactly that NX, you know, platforms does and, and kind of what you're working on there. I, I wish so. I did know about NX at Boulder AI, and I wish I had done more with it um, back then because it's this uh, it's it's video infrastructure. So video, you know, just like we're talking on this on this call, um, is really difficult, especially at scale. So when you're talking about hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of cameras, um, it's those can be on different networks, and um, it's really difficult to get the pixels back to where they need to be for AI or processing or um, or storage. Um, so we do this enterprise level uh, network traversal to to make um, this platform of, of of video technology, and it is like I said traditionally made for um, for the VMS space, uh, and it's sold. It's actually the the world's most popular. Um, uh, and most white labeled OEM to VMS in the world. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it's just known as different things out there. So, um, that's, that's so interesting. So what are some of the, the core challenges that you feel like, um, you know, you face in that? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different, um, of challenges when it comes to, to video. Uh, you know, there's discovery, uh, we integrate with 30,000 different camera devices. So, okay. you know, just all of the work to get in, making sure that when you see a camera, how do you get the video? Um, also management at scale. So if you, if you have a 
a facility or you have a thousand facilities, how do you make sure that, you know, the the users, all the right users have the right access across all the different campuses. So this these enterprise problems come into scale. Um and then uh our the one of the biggest differentiators is that our we're a, a server client software. So it can run on anything. So it can actually run inside of ARM devices, uh, which really? means that yeah, so you can you can take it from from the camera level and traverse the network all the way to the cloud without having you know any knowledge of where that device is or what network it's on. That's um, fascinating. That's really impressive. Um, you know, to be able to get that kind of tech. What do you think some of the biggest implications for AI are based off of you know what you guys are building and what you guys are seeing? Yeah. So uh, you know, I think all of the buzz around AI is um, we're, we're finally past this hype cycle of, um, you know, being at the peak of, of, and we're now into this exciting place where you actually start making money um, and, uh, you know, on the backside of the, of the hype cycle. So um, AI enables in, in video um, all of this real-time operational data. I call, I call it operational data because it enables business operations to um, to pivot from something that's t- traditionally like a security, like something I really don't want to pay for, which is like yeah. my security camera system, to something that actually has a, uh, a a net benefit to my business. So it can be things like quick service retail, where we have you know a um, a drive through. We want to read all of the license plates. Um, look up those license plates, tie it back to my point of sale system and look up the order so that when that person pulls up and say, you know, would you like your uh, normal chicken sandwich? That is, um, that's the operational flow that we see from cameras now. So AI is, yes, AI is the thing that enables all of that. And there's all of these challenges around um, which AI do we run? How do we get it out? you know, out to the cameras, if it's that, that's where it's running, or if it's running on some local server, how do you deploy it to that? And then how do you get that data back into places where it, it it's needed? Okay. Super, super interesting. Um, something I'd love to ask you about is, you know, what are some real world applications you've seen that effectively use the NX platform that are, you know, maybe impressive? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of, um, really, huge ones that uh i don't know if i can say their names out loud but um you would know them by the the electric vehicles that are driving all over the place um that company uses our our technology um in the the factory floor um to make sure that you know people and robots are aren't in proximity with each other i think seven thousand different cameras which is amazing scale i didn't realize like how many cameras they had but uh, also, um, similar space company uses our, our software for, um, all kinds of different things that, uh, that doesn't, um, it, you wouldn't quite imagine, you know, cameras for, but things like, you know, rockets taking off and, and, uh, I, I honestly don't know exactly what they're measuring there, but more, um, you know, utilitarian kind of applications are retail. Um, there's, uh, Sweethearting, so you have a camera above uh, the the self checkout system, um, uh-huh. or you have a, a an actual you know physical uh, uh, you know checker. They they will um, they will sometimes pretend to scan 
and and that uh, that data is now uh, available from the from the camera source, and so that uh, you can tie that back to the point of sale system and know oh that product wasn't rung up and now we can see that see the video that that was associated with that action and in real time uh, be able to take action on that so that's you know one of the there's a huge I think it's a multi you know billion dollar problem now with um with retail and and uh and you know honestly leakage happening yeah, yeah, yeah. at the retail level so we're seeing a ton of applications there um yeah there's there's uh there's applications in in my vertical I was just promoted to VP of of uh, transportation VP of uh, mobility platform so we're taking it out yeah. into things like smart city parking mm-hmm. um we have we have some OEMs and things like uh intersection safety so uh, there's just, yeah. th- the applications are all over the board. Oh my gosh. As you're starting to say some of these use cases, it's, it's blowing my mind. I think this is absolutely fascinating for the listener too, to hear like some of the ways, you know, cause previously we have cameras everywhere, right? For security purposes, there's people that have like footage uh, that they just record and it's like, oh, we had an incident. We go back, play the tapes and we try to figure out what happened, yada, yada. This is so fascinating because we're now getting to the point where when we you know, when we have machine learning and AI and computer vision that's really able to integrate with these camera systems, all of a sudden, it's like we have smart data and we can make actionable steps in real time, right? Like someone misses a scan, you're able to be like, hey, you missed that. Can you, you know, go and rescan that, especially with the self-checkout and Walmart and everyone's doing that nowadays. Um, but there's so many other applications that this is like so fascinating, like robots in proximity to humans at a car, you know, manufacturing facility, like talk to us. So you, you're, you're working on mobility right now. Talk to us a little bit about smart cities and some implications, because I think when a lot of people think of smart cities, it's like, it's hard to even know where to start with that. It's like, okay, the whole city's smart. It all functions on a grid. Everyone knows what's going on. But like, talk to us about what computer vision is enabling in a smart city and what people can think about and expect in this area. Oh, you hit the nail on the head, man. It is it is one of those really nebulous things like in sci-fi, like, oh, we're going to have a, a smart city. What does that actually mean? And that's part of the job is like, is, is articulating exactly what that means. Um, in terms of like video, there's all these devices out there, um, especially in, in the traffic side of transportation where you have cameras that are hung around intersections. Um, and those cameras are in proximity with other devices, like the traffic controller, the road, this is called an RSU, it's a roadside unit. It talks to smart cars and tells them, there's you know people in the intersection in real time, and then uh, right. that platform uh, also gets displayed at the traffic management center. So they're looking at all of these feeds, and what we're we're doing is, um, and the difference between our platform and others is that it's open. So all of the one thing that we see in in the industry is that. There's all of these siloed systems that don't really necessarily talk to each other, and and that's what we're we're building is is uh, something that can work for uh, parking, for instance, so smart parking, where uh, you have a public-private partnership with uh, one of our OEMs, and um, they they will send a bill to the to the parking violation, and then rev share that back to the city. So it's a it's a really it's a money maker for for the city, and it and allows them to use existing cameras that they're probably using for other purposes 
and repurpose them for parking as well. Um, so that's the big idea is that we, we've got these wonderful sensors all over the place and they're all just doing their one single purpose. And sensors being cameras as well as other things like LIDAR and, and uh, so lo- allowing those systems to be t- cross-discoverable across you know multiple different um, use cases is, is what we're after. And then secondarily, mapping all of that in a digital twin. So that's um, that's the next kind of uh, you know ambition. That is absolutely cr- incredible, phenomenal. Okay, so this is amazing, and the technology is amazing. Implications are amazing. Okay, what I really think is cool here is it's like you already have the infrastructure of the cameras, so it's not like you have to roll this out everywhere. I know a lot of places, right? It's like you can just kind of tie it into the camera systems that are already there. My one thing I would love to ask you about, and maybe concern-wise, and I don't know, I'd love to get your perspective on this is. I feel like we have like this isn't brand new. We're we're seeing this, for example, in places like China, where they have technology. You are walking down the street in China. You jaywalk. It gets a picture of you. Then it blasts it onto like a bunch of billboards all around, and it like has your name. And it's like this person has jaywalked, and it's like social credit score down two percent. I don't know, whatever. Right? China is kind of doing their thing. Do you think that uh, as we build smart cities and we build this, a lot of people, I'm sure, and I'm sure on both sides of the political spectrum in America, so I, I don't feel like it's too political, would be concerned about like a quote unquote surveillance state or being like overly watched and governments kind of plug it into this. What, I don't know, what's your what's your opinions and where do you kind of predict that going in the future? So we have a, a matrix that we, we operate under and um, and it's kind of hard to visualize, but in the in the columns are uh, in, in enforcement and operational, and on the rows it's in real time or in post, and we are kind of in the upper left hand side of that quadrant where we're in real time, um, but we're just looking at operational data. We're not here to to do any enforcement, um, which is the you know the uh, the police state that you that you mentioned, um, and that that is a legitimate concern, but um, that's not our focus. And I I think um, you know there there is one of the the nice things that we do have in the West is is uh, is these critical um, uh, uh, you know voices that can can oppose the government, right? And yeah. um, although the government would love to to have um, enforcement and operations in the same quadrant, um, we can oppose that as as citizens, right? And and have have a voice in that. So um, even when I was working with um, the city and county of Denver, um, one of the very first things that they they said was like, if there's any public perception that this is a uh, speed camera or a uh, license plate reading camera that's going to give them a ticket, it's probably going to come down um, because and you have to be really careful about the PR that whatever you put out there is going to get read and it's going to get, uh, you're going to have a city council meeting about this, yeah. this very thing. So that's one, one of the wonderful things about, you know, the, the, the United States is that we have this public voice that can, that w- can and will voice itself once we, uh, you know, once that, the, the enforcement side of things starts, starts, you know, coming about, but, um, I've seen applications in jaywalking where it's not about, uh, you know, catching people for jaywalking. It's more about like, 
how do we stop people from dying? Um, right. Okay. So yeah, it's it's really about how how the city and the partnership with the technology provider uh, messages that to the public. And if if to be honest, if you get caught doing things that are in the enforcement side of things, it will come about and it will it will come right to the surface, and your project will probably come come tumbling down. <laughs> I love that. That's that's really cool. I think that's a, fa- a fantastic perspective. And also, I think that's a really good framing. I love how you guys have that quadrant, how you have it segmented. And then I love the concept of like jaywalking. Sure. Is it is the concept of jaywalking to shame people or penalize them? Or is the concept like we just would like to protect and you know save people's lives and, and focus on public safety? So I think there's a, there's a big difference there in how you view it and approach it. So it's going to be fascinating to see, I mean, regardless whether people like it or don't like it, oppose it, don't oppose it, like the technology is there and it's available. So I think it's going to be something we're going to have to have a lot of discussions about. Like you mentioned, America. I'm actually originally from Canada. I, I've lived in America for the last few years. Um, I love it. It's kind of fascinating, the the differences from, I don't know, just there's differences for sure. And uh, yeah, I think you're 100% right. There's this public voice aspect where if you ha- if people have an issue, I live in Arizona now and I remember there was a time when the whole freeway, they put, yeah, cameras on there where if you went too fast, everyone, you're getting flashed on the license plates and those things didn't last very long because not everyone loves, uh, you know, being enforced by camera on every single, uh, you know, every single uh, turn off on the freeway. So yeah, I think it's gonna, we'll have similar things and the things that will stick like you mentioned, are the things that focus on public safety, actually helping people, protecting people, and the, uh, you know, maybe the the fees and penalties for speeding or jaywalking are the ones that will probably not stick around for long. So, Darren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been absolutely fascinating to hear your perspective, what you're working on. This is such an interesting area. Um, as we wrap this up, I would love to ask, you know, if people are interested in learning more about what you guys are working on or getting in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn, so I, I live there. Um, if uh, if you want to go to our website, it's networkoptics.com, uh, and and uh, that's probably the the most memorable way to get a get a hold. But um, yeah, thank you so much, Jaden, for the for the opportunity. And uh, and again, I'm just so impressed with your work. Thanks again. Hey, really appreciate it. To the listener, thank you so much for tuning in to the AI Chat podcast. I'll drop links in the show notes. Um, to the to the URL Darren mentioned, and uh, you can go check it out there if you're interested in you know uh, using their technology for anything. Um, and make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Have a fantastic rest of your day.